0: Hello, welcome to 5 by 5 Before we start, make sure that you've listened or watched or read any of the things we're about to discuss in the podcast. Because if you haven't, everything's about to get spoiled for you because we go into lots and lots of spoilers. So if you want to watch these films, read what we're talking about, if it's a comic, or listen to music that we're discussing, for God's sake, stop listening to this, go off, read, listen, watch what we're talking about, and then come back. If you don't mind it being spoiled carry on if you've already seen it carry on this will be our own discussions so you can listen to what we're rambling about They're our own opinions so you might not agree and if you don't agree that's completely cool but for god's sake don't write in angry to us because let's be fair opinions are like assholes we all have them and some of them pretty much stink enjoy the show switch to dcs ranging 240 oh, i know the profile we're in the pipe Bye, bye, five, 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 five. And hello, welcome one and all to the very, 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 very first episode of Five by Five. I'm Chris Jones, you might recognise my voice from Panic Stations UK, more about that later, but this is a new podcast geared specifically for film and geek culture, and with me forever and ever and ever, whether he likes it or not, is my co-host, Mr Mid. Hello, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. Fantastic introduction. I hope you are well. You don't sound like you're I am well. under duress in any way, shape or form. In no
1: way, shape or form. Am I in any kind of danger right now?
0: You will do this podcast. Yes. You will.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
0: So basically, the idea came when uh, Mr. Mid, who is a prolific blogger all over the internet. It's I disgusting. will literally blog at your face whether you like it or not. It's everywhere, man. It really is. It's everywhere. Upper walls. So, so, sometimes just right in your hair. Yeah. It's It's disgusting. But yeah, he's uh, been doing a lot of film blogging. And blogging your
1: hair. Ugh. Blogging my hair.
0: I don't want blog anywhere. It'll never come out. That is the one Dr. Zoo story that was never released. <laughs> blogging my hair. There is blogging my hair. Blogging my hair. Where is it there? Yes. I do not know or do not care. Blog, blog, blog. blog. We digress and it's weird. Yes. So, uh, yeah, basically, uh, we wanted to do a film podcast. And Panic Stations UK, and I do love Panic Stations UK, Um but the biggest problem with it is, it's a bit of a heavy podcast. It's mental health, and I wanted to do some other stuff that I love, and that means bringing all of my friends and family uh, and anybody else that I know who want to be involved in something that's a bit more lighthearted. And that's where Mid came along because Mid School got a great uh, voice uh, journalistically. Is that a word? Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, why not? With regarding <laughs> um, film, he's got a great blog. and We're going to leave some links and things to stuff. Uh, So I'm going to uh, pass you over to Mid, and Mid's going to explain a little bit more about himself.
1: Hello. Yes, I'm Mid. Um, Online, um, more probably known as Mr. Mid. Well, I say more probably known, depending on how many people actually read my blog, I do just tend to waffle quite a lot, because I love films. Um, Seemed like a good reason as any to uh, talk to a good friend and try and start a podcast, so he could actually uh, verbally ramble about it and... um, maybe frighten people with how much random shit we know, <laughs> Yeah, to be honest the, with you. And that will be a lot. <laughs> yeah. And we, I suppose the main thing is that I think it's quite important about podcasts is to try and keep it quite light. We don't want to boil the living shit out of you and make it sound like beardy and, blah, 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 you know. And that's going to be hard because we all have beards in this room right now. Yeah. It will actually... By proxy, be quite beardy because of the volume of beard. And there is a
0: big volume of beard. There's a lot of beard. There's a lot of beard. Yes. Yeah. So uh, basically, one of the other people I wanted to to introduce, who's going to be with us on our first ever episode, is a man who uh, you may have heard in in the podcast of Panic Stations UK. Uh, He's uh, one of my best mates and uh, he's a Really steadfast guy, and he's got lots to say about film and nerdy culture as well. Uh, So it's Mr. SDC, everybody. Hello! Yay! (laughs) Right, so we're going to be talking about the alien films um, for the for the first episode. We're going to split it up a little bit uh, because we've got Alien Covenant. Oh God, please be good. uh, Around the corner, merely two weeks away by the start of this
1: recording. So we're going to start talking about Alien,
0: and we'll make our way through the
1: films, I reckon. The Alien films just seemed like a really good jumping off point, because quite frankly, we could waffle about these films for hours, and we're going to. So it made sense to uh, ease you in with something that I think most people that would listen to a podcast like this would probably find some interest in. Um, So yeah. yeah, the Alien films seemed like a good starting point, a good jumping off point. Fantastic jumping on point. Yes, excellent.
0: So, right, so without further ado, alien. You know that trailer scared the shit out of me the
1: first time I ever saw it. It was a really well put together trailer. It, it was, me, wasn't it? I mean, it it captured imaginations. I mean, I mean at the time, relatively speaking, uh, there wasn't anything like Alien. No, not to, not no. to the extent that it was going. The places that it was going. Oh no, yeah. I mean, like so 1979.
0: Yeah. So think of the horror film. What can you think of any horror films before <sighs> 1979? Specifically, like aliens, visceral as aliens. I mean, alien. like
1: sci-fi as well. I mean, yeah, it, it was really, it, it was treading new frontiers, really. Not yeah. to want to sound too um, glib or anything, but it was. It, it was. It was an original. It was an original idea. It was an original idea that actually came from somewhere completely different. I mean, the writer, um, Dan, Dan O'Bannon. O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually got the idea for Alien while he was working with John Carpenter. Yeah, Dark Star. On you know, Dark Star. That's one of right. Quick side note: Dark Star, right? Being deadly
0: serious now, I adore that film. It's I'm, just friggin' weird, Dan, I isn't am it? Utterly convinced. <laughs> I am utterly it's convinced. It's so a weird fucking it, film. It, it, we are covering that <laughs> at one point, man. I am utterly convinced. I am utterly convinced. That red dwarf nicked a bunch of jokes. Oh, did definitely like the toilet paper gag. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. The yeah. run out of toilet paper. <laughs> the fact that the, one of the um, the the highest ranking officer on board is dead, yeah. and they're communicating with him, like all the, the sentient technology that's talking back, like it's going, "Oh, well, I think, but therefore I am." Talky toaster, man. The bomb is. Ba- oh, I never. <laughs> that's for another time. But Dan O'Bannon, you're right. He, he predim- uh, predominantly um, shows up in that, and he's Pinback. Yeah. He, a he, he, sergeant yeah, pinback yeah, yeah. and it's not even his real name he plays a character it's not even his real name um,
1: and he appears in that doesn't he I uh, mean it, it, it's good because it, it shows just how I suppose in some respects to the casual viewer of a film like Alien they wouldn't know the importance of a person like Danny Bannon has played to oh, the yeah. entire thing I mean it's it, it essentially his idea isn't it really yeah, but he, that guy I mean don't get me wrong look there's other people. Involved. There are other people involved. Yeah. Of course
0: there is, but I mean Dan O'Bannon and it's Walter Hill. I want to say Walter Hill. Walter Hill was one of the producers. Yeah, I, I mean like writing. Um, it, it was Ron Schuster, I think. There you go. Thank you. Uh, like just because for me, I was always fixated on Dan O'Bannon mm. only because of uh, Dark Star with uh, Pinback. But I, I have I have to be completely honest. Um, when I think when I think of Alien uh, and I think of the the creation of it and what it looks like the first introduction to alien before we get anywhere um because we've already kind of touched upon a few
1: things very lightly what is your first introduction to alien mid my first introduction to alien wasn't actually alien at all it was spaceballs wow really <laughs> because of that little the john hurt scene little john hurt scene in there when what the hell is that and um I was of course I was really young at the time, of course, so I, I never really attributed it to anything else. so It was only a few years later on when I was slightly older and started experiencing horror films and sci-fi and all that good stuff that, um, yeah, I realised what I'd been watching. And yeah, weirdly <laughs> enough, my first memory of Alien is that really stupid, stupid scene from Spaceballs—the <laughs> least scary scene <laughs> of all. That's <And> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Is. Oh, is he alright? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, the guy me. Hey, what's wrong with this guy? I don't know. Uh, 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 bring him some water. Water my ass. Bring this guy some Pepto Bismol. Waitress.
3: Waitress. What did he
2: order? Oh, he had a
3: special. That's what I ordered. The cake's
2: what I changed my order to the soup. Good move. Uh, 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 Oh, no. Not again.
0: You lose me Then you'll be left alone Oh baby Teleport And tell me I'm your own Check please Animator in the room What is that inspired by?
3: It's inspired by a of those cartoon. Yeah Hello my
2: baby
3: dance of frog.
0: Frog. frog Yeah Yeah So um, <laughs> not many people May know this But SDC is a uh, Trained animator So It comes to cartoons I think mean, you can bet your ass he's going to be here on the cartoon episodes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, so, so what's your first introduction to Alien? My first introduction to Alien was by my auntie,
3: when she bought me an HR Giger book um, uh, about the making of
0: and, and you were five years old. And I was <laughs> scarred for life. Uh, I think I was four. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the screaming subsided eventually.
0: <laughs> when the nightmares finished
1: at the tender
0: age of 26 uh i, I felt the need to compelled uh, to to carry on with my life well,
1: was it a particularly young age that you found that uh,
3: no i was i was i think i'd just become a teenager yeah so what 12 13 yeah, so about 12 13 and uh, she we were in um, we we're in Oxford, and uh, we went into a bookshop and she uh, she said if you heard of hr geiger and I, heard it, I said no, and so she brought me this book, and I read it and uh, enjoyed it immensely. It was Enjoy- amazing! And so then that
1: introduced me to Alien,
0: and I've been
1: hooked ever since. That's that's um, that's actually pretty impressive, to be honest with you. I mean, but again, because like- Geiger is like he's about as hand in hand with Alien as any other facet of it could be. I mean, he's oh, probably man. as important as Danny Bannon, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they'd got that creature wrong first first time i mean jesus christ yeah yeah forget it if that if that creature came out and it was laughable you'd be like whatever doesn't matter all the good acting in the world which would not and you'd have another ironically uh, another recreation of that scene of sergeant pinback in dark star yeah. versus the beach ball with the feet <laughs> in the elevator shaft um, instead of sir uh, a terror with teeth uh, my first introduction to the alien franchise um i Weirdly enough, I watch a lot like a lot of people. I watch these films out of sequence. My initial uh, sort of viewing order of the Alien films went: Aliens, Alien, Alien Three, and then Alien Resurrection. Its subsequent sequels in order, you know, afterwards. Um, Now. I am gonna I want to make my parents sound so irresponsible. I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry, dad. Um, I saw aliens when I was probably eight years old. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so about nineteen eighty starting when they're young. 1988, definitely. 1989, something like that. I saw I saw aliens, and basically central. Uh, for the, for those who are listening, it used to be with terrestrial television. For those out there who don't remember, you just had to tune in your radios and your television sets to find individual channels, and there were only four unless you could afford Sky TV. And uh, where I was, um, we had different regional stations, uh, much like in certain parts of America, a lot of America did that as well. And uh, we had a channel called Central, which is now known as ITV, and Central was uh, showing aliens. And my dad got the old videos out. There used to be bribery material because of me being a young, impetuous young boy who my father found very hard for discipline would uh, turn around and say, you can use use and watch these uh, films, but you have to be good and you have to do these sort of things. And he often would uh, watch them firsthand to make sure if things weren't inappropriate ironically.
1: Just making make sure like things weren't too massively, scarringly horrific. Like, I don't know, uh, an egg going getting laid into a person's fucking face. Yeah, like a guy getting face
0: raped by this swiggly thing. <laughs> or as I like to call it, Saturday night. Uh, so, like, yeah, basically uh, we, we, we had a copy of Aliens that the dad had recorded off Central and they were the best ones because they were the ones where they got the swearing, the F-bombs, hmm. and it was obviously some guy in a microphone uh, both trying
1: to mimic the voices of the actors to change the word. Oh, there's some genius ones with those. I mean, you watch Predator. Jesus Christ. Uh, one of my favourite <laughs> ones, uh,
0: but that's for a podcast for another time, Repo Man, the Milo West version <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually recorded. I actually prefer this version. The director actually recorded um, in, in the actual uh, overdub, recorded with the original actors other versions of swear words that I can show on the terrestrial tally. And one of my favourite ones, instead of uh, watch it, motherfucker, is watch it, melon farmer. And yeah. I
1: love that line. <laughs> I actually prefer it because it actually falls into what Repo Man is. Ed- Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg did a similar thing with Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Because they're such massive fans yeah. of Repo Man. Yeah, they yeah. They did an edit of Shawn of the Dead exactly the same. It's genius. <laughs> I-, I, love, I love it.
0: I can't get enough. Uh, and, ba- and basically... Um, Yeah, I got to watch Aliens that way and uh, it was terrifying there were ad breaks Uh, my mate at the time, a lad called David Ball, uh, he was stopping the night and uh, (laughs) rightly or wrongly, he watched the film with us and uh, he was stopping the night and I'm not going to lie it was a hard night's sleep for me, I was so glad I had a friend stopping over (laughs) because every time I closed my eyes I could see the Aliens when Hicks Looks up through the yeah. through the top grill, and you see them all coming across the ceiling. <laughs> I could see all that stuff. So um, when I said, "Oh, that was pretty," but it was cool because it's an action film as well. well yeah. uh, aliens were terrifying, but it was an action film. And Vietnam in space. And I always remember talking to my dad about Alien. Can I watch Alien? And he was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" And I was like, "Why?" And he was like, "That's way worse." And I was like, "How? How is that <laughs> worse than what I just saw?" And he was he was not like, no 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 you can't watch it it's it's far worse so I was like how? how how the hell can this be worse? Um, eventually I managed to convince. It is him. right though, isn't it? It is it, it is, it it is worse. So, it's
1: definitely more horrific. Well, the, the, the original Alien, it's all about subtlety. Oh More yeah. than
3: anything. And psychological.
1: Definitely terrifying. isn't it? Totally. Oh, yeah. I mean, like Aliens. I mean, Alien is. Um, I'm probably coining a phrase that's been used before. It's a haunted house in space. Yes, yes, it is definitely. And Aliens is a war film. Vietnam in space. Vietnam in space, (laughs) yeah. Why not? And, I don't know. There there just seems to be a bit more lightness to aliens. Is that the right word? I don't know. I think you can see the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel of aliens. Alien just feels bleak and hopeless and oppressive. Yeah. Doesn't it, really? Very much so. On your first watch through, definitely. I mean, obviously, as with any... Horror film or the like, the more you watch it, the more desensitized you become to. It. I mean, there might be some exceptions to the rule, but I think generally speaking, the more you watch something, the shock factor goes down. Yeah, it. yeah, definitely. I mean, like
0: you said about dark bleak, and depressing. Mm. Uh, like, if you think that was bad, wait till we get to Alien Three. Oh, oh, that's gonna <laughs> be the that's gonna be the uh, Sunny Walk in the
1: Park. That yeah, <laughs> the fun that is Dave Fincher's Alien Three. Uh, but, that's not going to be a predictable podcast, by the way. We actually really like Alien Three, but we'll get to that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. That's later on because I will defend that film to the
1: death. Oh yeah. Um,
0: but like, uh, yes. So, so Alien, um, as you say, nineteen seventy nine. Dan yeah. O'Bannon. He he comes up. It was like you were saying something with. Dark Star, he had a bad experience, didn't he?
1: He was basically writing, or helping to write, I think it was, the screenplay on Dark Star, and he had different ideas to the people he was working with. I mean, what he envisioned for Dark Star was eventually what he turned into Alien. He wanted to do a horror film in space. Gee, just, just imagine that, though. Just imagine. With Darkstar. With Darkstar's <laughs> that budget. Would, that would actually be horrific, though. <laughs> it really would. It especially if actually had the same surreal tone to it as well. That would be nightmare fuel. <laughs> it really would. What do you know, It's we've like, got to see it. It's, a, it's a, the beach ball with feet bashing Dan
0: O'Bannon on the head with a broom. Have you yeah. seen that, Ben? The SCC, have you seen Darkstar?
3: Um, many, 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 many.
1: But if it was going with the tone he wanted and said that beach ball would have bitten his face on. <laughs> just <so laughs> see where I'm going here. <laughs> it would have been a very different film. <laughs> How could it bite anyone? It would pop the moment it opened its mouth. Oh, they'd work away around it. This what screenwriters do. What would the genius budget and special effects of oh, yeah. Dark Star had? It, it was mind blowing <laughs> at the time. Yeah, it's the same. My mind expanding. So what <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. What happens next? Come on. You're the historian for us for this. Um, Well, basically, I mean, I I think his involvement in Dark Star was kind of punctuated. I mean, he he obviously had some input. Obviously, you said he was in it himself as well. But um, the ideas he had, I think, of where he wanted to take Dark Star ended up majorly being injected into Alien. And um, I suppose his work on Dark Star was the genesis of Alien. Yeah definitely I can see that.
0: Do you do you want to put anything else into that? Um,
3: in the book that I've got, that I uh, that my auntie bought me, there's a great picture of um, Dan O'Bannon's uh, what the idea they had for the egg, and it was this like it was an egg with this weird uh, octopus with this face on Ooh. it springing out of the thing, and that's what <laughs> that's what he took to. Um, it's obviously
1: the idea that it would have
3: become like yeah. a face hugger, isn't it? Really? Yeah, that's what he took to uh, to show. Uh, I think he showed um, uh, Ridley Scott that picture, but he showed it to Geiger as well. And obviously, well, Ga- Geiger did
0: his job. So, so Dan O'Bannon actually drew the picture. He drew this. Game. He drew this little. Uh,
1: he did a load of doodles of what he thought um, the egg. so he, he must have really, he must have really interested Geiger with that idea for Geiger to just run with it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. and then um, and then so they uh, Ridley Scott I think he was already on board by the time they spoke to Geiger about it and so uh, Geiger and Ridley Scott had a meeting and they went over what exactly the thing should
0: look like and so they just kind of so, so who introduced Bannon to, who, who, how did Giga, Geiger. I am sorry for those at home who are going. It's Geiger <laughs> it's Giga. I'm gonna say Giga, like everybody else. Uh, I know what you're gonna say, it, and
1: I should know this, but I'm really not too sure.
0: Oh no, I'm gonna say Geiger because you said Geiger. Say
1: Giger, yeah. I'm not too sure not how sure. Geiger's involvement came about. To be honest with you.
0: Yeah. Um.
3: It was uh, Ridley Scott. I'm pretty sure it was Ridley Scott who said, uh, "Have you seen this guy?
1: I think he'd be very good." Um. And then so they went to meet him. Because, uh, I mean, it, 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 they took it in some very interesting directions, giving their work to Geiger. Because Geiger's work, it's unique to say the least, but um, it's also very sexualized. Is that the word? Uh, yeah. Is it? I hadn't <laughs> noticed.
0: Let's just. You know, subtly sexualized, maybe? The, there's no subtlety in the sex <laughs> on that. The man liked his lady parts. <laughs> um, yeah right we, we will get to that and sausages in a minute mmm sausages mmm So I don't get the connection no. sex and sausages okay. we digress anyway <laughs> um, we'll, we'll get to that in a sec so so Giga uh, get, Giga Giga get it right Giga Giga oh my god <laughs> Giga what am I, the fuck am I working with who are you working with <laughs> what tomfoolery and clownishment are you um, thinking of Ghostbusters? What? Hmm?
3: Are you thinking of Ghostbusters when they're pointing that thing down at the floor? The, gi- the Giga counter. The Giga counter. Uh. <laughs> but isn't that a Giga counter? Well, oh, you say Giga, I say Giga. Oh, no, you
1: say Giga, I say giga. Gauga. Giga Gauga? Gauga. Gauga. The G-man. I think it's oh, the same God. thing. The, pr- the, pr- the pronunciation's just different. But the, the point the is, is th- th- Mr. Radioactive,
0: the, the artist,
1: um, basically <laughs> Sonny Mr G, we'll call him that Mr G, uh, <laughs> G. Bring, brings out, G and man. I
0: apologise because the guy was a genius uh, and the least I could do is get his name right but you know, well, I can't I'm sorry, He he's one of my favourite artists so, yeah. so what, what, what? how do you pronounce his name?
3: Uh, well I call him Geiger so I call him Geiger as well then
0: I'm going to call him Geiger <laughs> no, I'll call him Geiger, that's fine um, yeah, okay, so so <coughs> Geiger uh, gets involved. Um, you've got Danny Bannon. You, you, you've got the, the writing styles because am I right in saying Bannon writes the script and then he had to fight for his
1: credit? There was a massive mm. thing. There was about there was that. there was some big falling outs. Um, Danny Bannon in many respects felt he was underlooked for his work oh. on alien. <clears throat> and to an extent, I agree. Mm. He um, brought a lot to the table. He brought an awful lot to the table. I mean, Alien would not be what it is now without Dan O'Bannon. Yeah. And I think at the time, maybe he was slighted a little bit. I mean, uh, Walter Hill apparently outright ignored the guy on set. Wow. From what I heard. Um, stories. Uh, he, he was basically, oh, uh, that writer's here again. Wow. He obviously wants to try and change something. Because, um, you know... um, Walter Hill was making changes himself. I mean, the character of Ash wasn't even in Dan uh, O'Bannon's original draft. Really? Ash was brought in by Walter Hill. um, He he basically took a character from Bannon's original draft of the script and um, changed it from a human to an android. And it's just little changes like this, I think, that got O'Bannon's backup. Because... I suppose he's very, um, he was very precious over his, over his baby. Oh, yeah. As I suppose many writers are, to and be honest. And, can... and there was, of course, a very famous falling out with Ridley Scott as well. Oh, tell us more. Um, I don't really have anything in the way of details about that the falling out was actually over, but I do know there was a very public falling out on set between Ridley Scott and Dan O'Bannon. I think it's basically the same thing, deviations from his ideas. I think... I can understand from a writing standpoint where he's had. If I've ever written anything, you know, my own blog, songs, I'm very, mm, you know, controlling over changes being made to it. And um, I suppose from that respect, I can understand where was coming from. But also, you're working on a big budget Hollywood movie, it's collaborative and you've got certain things you've got you you've, 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 you've <clears throat> got to work or you've got to work with the system on that one yeah and um, you I don't I, I, have I, the option to be creative sometimes. yeah uh, yeah I, I, I think um he felt he wasn't given an enough credit on it and uh, to a certain extent I would agree because when anyone says alien you'll hear Ridley Scott you'll hear HR Geiger You'll hear obviously the actors, the big name actors like Sigourney Weaver, where she was discovered for the film, and Tom Skerritt and Ron- Carter Cartwright, like Harry Dean Stanton, Yaphet all these people. But you won't really hear as much mention of Danny Bannon. He's, you, I think you're right because he's normally one of the last
0: names to pop up. Yeah. And that's only really when fans dig. Yeah. I think you get Walter Hill before Bannon sometimes, and yeah. I mean rightly or wrongly. Mm. And, and I mean, like, and I personally think wrongly, uh, Dan O'Bannon has done his body of work for me personally has done more for me than some, not all, not all but some of the names uh, that have already been mentioned. And mm. I mean, don't be wrong, I don't take anything away from anybody involved in these films at all. They're all brilliant for being involved. Um, but O'Bannon did my, dare I say, my second favourite zombie film of all time, Return of the Living Dead. He made something so bleak. That is definitely coming up in the future Yeah, forecast. and <laughs> depression. I uh, remember you not thought of
1: Return of the Living I Dead. I love yet? that yeah. film. And it was so bleak awesome. and depressing awesome, and intelligent
0: awesome and funny. And you find yourself laughing at the same time, being horrified and disgusted. That, that balance brilliant. between
1: the humour and the absolute outright bleakness of it, it was just perfect.
0: And and I think that's what Bannon brings to the table. Yeah. Did you know he was a massive Cthulhu fan? Oh, really?
1: Yeah, really? Big
0: into Cthulhu and uh, Leviathan gods and all that kind of stuff. I suppose so, you can kind of see that a little in Alien, could
1: couldn't you, well, really? think about it. Yeah. The face-hugger straight away yeah. is the first thing I think. Well, it's not just that. It's just the fact that these things are found in some forgotten place on a dark planet somewhere in some massive chamber full of all these mad eggs and stuff. Where do they come from? What lay them? you find out later, of course, but at the time, you don't. Uh-huh. And I think that takes a lot from things like work of Lovecraft. Well, well
0: the thing is, the original life cycle of the alien, which I think O'Bannon
1: came mm-hmm. up with. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There was like talk about, about how the space jockeys actually stumbled upon this temple and found the eggs and all That's the rest it. of it. and then. Sort of sacrifice themselves to yeah. become the next thing, yeah. and I'm
0: sorry, but again, this will come up later in some of the later episodes, uh, listeners. But a lot of that is mirrored in Prometheus, mm-hmm, very much with the sacrificing yeah. themselves and yeah. things like that. A lot of it is mirrored, and I am, I have my predictions for Covenant. One of my big predictions is um, I think they're going to go back to the idea of how these eggs were originally created. Yeah. Uh, which is done in Alien, which Abandon came up with. And they actually put it into uh, a sequence that was deleted later on in the film, which again, we'll touch upon a little bit later. Uh, but yeah. There, there, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that now. So his influence, I don't think you can take away his influence from, from the overall product just as well as like you can't take away Scott's, um, detail the, the stuff he brings to the
1: table. It's, it's all about subtlety with Scott mm. in this film. Although well, in mean, most of his films, let I me mean, look at Blade Runner as well. Mm. Again, future podcast. Oh yes. in his early work it was it was all about the settling the mood the building up of the sense of whatever that goes behind that film I mean every minute detail he played upon he's famous for that you know he was almost obsessive over it pretty much in the same way that Stanley Kubrick was
0: Mm. so we have we have this this thing moving forward we have a Bannon script and I think what another thing that would have discoloured his his like for um, working collaboratively uh, in this would have been his position after coming from Darkstar because he's he had a fallen out with, I think, you're right in saying And again, I might be completely wrong. I need to fact check it, but something in my head says he had a massive fallen out with John Carpenter as well mm. uh, in Darkstar, which would probably colour why he... A lot of issues with if he did have lots of issues with, um, like you say, mm. with, with some of the people like Ridley Scott and Walter Hill. Uh, so it gets greenlit. Am I right saying Alan Ladd Jr. Fox? Was it Alan? Uh, yeah, if it's Fox, it would be Alan Ladd
1: Jr.,
0: wouldn't it? I'm yeah. pretty sure it would? So this guy, Alan Ladd Jr., like massive
1: influence because he he was the one who gave George Lucas his start for Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. So, well, I think that's just it, though. I think that's also um, a big contributing factor to the fact that Alien even got made. The success of Star Wars, they were riding off that.
0: There's lots of films. I've if you
1: try to pitch a film like Aliens before the year 1977... Forget it. Forget about it. No way. No they way. probably would have gone, what the hell's this, you know? I think, yeah, um, as with... Pretty much anything. George Lucas opened up a lot of doors with Star Wars, and I think it certainly owes its uh, Alien certainly owes its debt to Star Wars and George Lucas as well. Didn't someone say uh, when they were when they were pitching
3: uh, Alien? They said they mentioned something along the the lines of
1: uh, an adult Star Wars. Really? Why am I thinking that? Well, I, I think. Uh, so. you, I think... Particularly when you get to laser films, you can
0: kind of see that kind of influence. I, I can think. tell you now, there's no way in hell I would want to go into the fucking version of Geiger's uh, bloody Cantina from Star Wars. <laughs> no way. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> that would be uh, interesting. The music would probably be done by Trent Reznor. <laughs> dun, 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 like proper industrial metal version of the cantina song. <laughs> but I've listened to massive the mass. penises <laughs> massive penises serving you drinks so many penises so many uh, all screaming <laughs> and clams as well oh my god yes okay yeah. l- l- let's just let's <laughs> get we're going on
1: it. a tangent here let's go sorry. straight
0: to it right <laughs> so um story is set in the far future we've got truckers in space genius idea because they've got that used lived in
1: look the main thing about Alien that drags you in from the start is it feels believable yeah it's yeah. a world that is lived in and it's a world that's feasible i mean these are people just doing a job but in the distant the, future aren't they and there's it's, a class system in place as well you can see there it there is very much and um it there was all it wasn't really touched upon in uh, many film scenes but it was all supposed to be that they were very much um because they spend so much time alone in deep space they're all very much procreating with each other on the sly and all the rest Shagging the around. The, there, there was, I think there was supposed to be like a sex scene between like, uh, Ripley and Dallas that was never filmed in the end. I think They we, never really touched upon that but they did go and touch upon that later in Prometheus. Yeah. and, and uh, I think it was an idea that was basically because it wasn't used at all oh, we'll, we'll stick it in here instead.
0: And I mean like let's be fair it's going on the notion of sex as a weapon and let's be fair isn't it always? Yeah. <laughs> um, so like <laughs> Tell that to a praying mantis. <laughs> uh, sex is but definitely well. Bite your face off. Bite your face off. Like that ball thing. Right off your head. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But <laughs> even the slurp
0: out your eyes.
3: That sounds like a good Tuesday night to me. Slipy, slurpy,
2: slurpy.
3: <laughs> but even <usually> the details <laughs> of the uh, the thing. I think Ridley Scott said that they didn't want anything too technologically advanced. Because they couldn't do it, for starters. One, they couldn't do it, but also it would be to... People wouldn't think it was real, because they had this... It it goes back to the feasibility
1: of it, doesn't it? I mean, I think that's the big thing that made aliens so scary, is that this world didn't feel too detached from our own. It's like the, uh,
3: you know, the the computer screen with the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, You could just, I mean, like in... uh, they had them in um, in Superman. It was just that classic thing that you've seen. The monitors. Yeah, yeah, everywhere.
0: Yeah. And it's so iconic, isn't yeah. there, about that?
3: Yeah, especially with the way it uh, appeared on the screen as well. A I bit th- chunky th- yeah.
1: yeah. I, th- I think it it's, it's certainly helped with the, um, the, the cast that they assembled for the film. Mm. Because it's ridiculously strong. Yeah. It's a ridiculously strong cast, and um, they kind of do a switcheroo on you, because for the first, what, hour or more of the film, you're not even really sure who the main character is. Yeah, that's it's kind a really of good It's point. kind of a very ambiguous, isn't it, really? Well, Ripley's actually quite far in the you background. You don't really know that Ripley's the heroine until you meet the point where... um yeah, but Kato and Veronica Cartwright bite it. Yeah, and then it's like, well, she's left. She must be the heroine. But I mean, like the Dany's. You, you just
0: you, you've got
1: you. You would assume Tom up until po- up until the point that he goes into that duck and
0: <laughs> most terrifying you... part of the whole film exactly. Yeah. yeah,
1: you pretty much think he's the guy, don't you? Because mm. he feels like the guy. He, he he plays it like the guy, doesn't he? You know. But then Ripley starts kind of coming up. In terms, I think of it's of... I think it's the fact that, that her character's got some proper attitude. Yeah. That's but what does it, also, it really. Is... the back and two with uh, Parker and Brett. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But again, that's
0: very much like a, kind of a class system. Because, I, and I don't know if this was deliberately, right. Sigourney Weaver is far, far, having met the woman, right. Well, two of us in this room have met yeah. her. Both yeah, yeah, her, whatever. Like, yeah. In your face, we have <laughs> a knob with the stars. Um Yeah, Sigourney <laughs> Weaver is a really nice, down-to-earth, kind lady, wasn't she? Yeah. And, and, and um, I will go on record of saying that. However, because of the way that she can project herself, the way she was very she kind of made us sort go of, well look, I'm a flight lieutenant. I've got to be very, very regimented. I've got to know what I'm doing. I've got to stick by protocol, like not letting people on the ship when people, you know,
1: and, and all that kind of so stuff. You, it's like the first hour or so of that film, she kind of subtly like a bit of a bitch really, isn't yeah. she? Yeah.
0: And that <laughs> is brilliant because we only start seeing Ripley become human later on. And that's great mm-hmm. because prior to this, all our sort of outpouring with um, Ripley is she's, you're like, what a bitch. Help, help him for yeah. God's sake. Like, for God's sake, someone's attached to their mate's face. The other people are locked out. The captain's locked out. People are terrified. Let them in. She's like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. You're going to stay out there. And then, of course, uh, Ash is like, no, I'm going to let him in. And, yeah, that kind of... The character of Ripley doesn't really... It's not a case she doesn't develop. I think she's developed all along. But it's subtle. It's so very well you know, portrayed
1: I mean, by Scorny Weaver. In that first film, I don't think there's much in the way of character development. I mean, it's very much... Oh, there's a story arc. though. There's, like there's, a, a sto- there's a story arc. Art. There is a story arc. But as far as her character goes, I don't think... I'll probably get shouted at for this, but I don't think she's that interesting. <gasps> Blasphemy. She... she, she uh, up until the last, you know, the, the the final act of the film, she's kind of one-note. Ooh, okay. Uh, wow. The character, not the acting. The character of Ripley. I would Get not there, rubbish please. the acting of Sigourney Weaver at all. She was amazing. But the character of Ripley only really comes into her own when she's... Towards the end. Like, towards so the end of the me. film. But I, I think that's
0: actually part, part in the way... That she carries the character like she's very regimented. I think that's the reason. And the breaking into being more human comes towards the end, and that's where the interesting part happens for me. That said, there are some very strong personalities in this film. Oh yeah. god, yeah, Christ, yes. Yafu Koto. How do you? fought Roger more, not just <laughs> not just
1: uh, <laughs> character wise, but um, actor wise as yeah. well. It's not very often you can have an actor in your film who can like inflate and blow up. Yeah. You know? But he did it on cue. Once <laughs> mind, he couldn't they couldn't bring him back together. Well, it takes a lot of out of you, doesn't it? Really? Let's
0: be fair, once you pop once, you can't really stop. Well <laughs> you can't oh, really yeah. get yourself into a position where you can reinflate again. There's too many holes. That's where yeah. he got his nickname Mr. Pringles. He was. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Do you, like it? do you want some cornbread, Mr. Pringles? Crunch. <laughs> Um, yeah, so. He don't like cornbread. <laughs> guess he don't like the cornbread either. So later, yeah, later, later, later yeah. Later. But Yafit Koto is amazing. Yes.
1: He hey Ripley! Hey Ripley, I want to ask you a question. If they I... find what they're looking for out there, does that mean we get full shares. Don't worry, Parker. Yeah, you'll get whatever's coming to you. Look,
2: I'm not gonna do any more work. We get this straightened out.
1: Brett, you're
2: guaranteed by law to get a share. What? Why don't you just fuck off? What? And what'd you say, Rick? If you have any trouble, I'll be on the bridge. (laughs) What's the
1: matter? (laughs) He is what really fact? strong. There isn't really a duff performance with no the cast, is there really? I, I mean, the, the, as the, far as acting goes, it's pretty top notch across the board. If you are gonna pull one apart and look, the one complaint acting-wise I've
0: ever heard anybody say it's Veronica Cartwright. <laughs> yeah, it's right, the power, basically. Okay. You know. However, again, I would argue that's not a problem. No. I think she does exactly what needs. She's the human element of that well, you've got you've got the like the machismo, the machismo or mm. whatever the hell you, however you say it, like um, oh, Scarecrow. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, not even from Scarecrow. Skerritt. Scarecrow's not even that. He's he's the sort of the the calm. He's very level-headed, brave, yeah. level-headed yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Weaver, you know Ripley's the the kind of the very straight laced. Koto's constantly having a piercing contest.
1: You there know? you go. There's your, there's your <laughs> yeah,
0: like, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Brett's your cynical one. So Harry Dean Stanton's your cynical uh, kind of like whatever man, you know, kind of guy. Uh, Ash is completely logical for the obvious reason. Oh my god,
1: e- Ian Holm in that poem's incredible. He is amazing. The, there's the, there's a second of footage in that where he's just started to malfunction and he's just about. To suffocate Ripley. And there's this very strange expression on his face. And the eyes go... And it sends the hairs on the back of my neck up every say, single time. The, the, it wasn't the alien that scared me the most. He it was terrifying. Was, it was, you know. He was absolutely terrifying. Brilliant. It, it's just... It's so layered. It's, it's crazy. I mean... You're asking a classically trained Shakespearean actor to play a robot, and what he did was not what you'd expect of someone playing a robot. There's no stiffness to it at all, but at the same time, it's very clinical. Oh yeah, you wouldn't it, think it. It's would, you know. it's it's a very balanced performance. Mm. It's it's knife expertly edge. so. Yeah, definitely knife you, edge. you can see certain moments where the the kinks are showing, little ticks and like expressions and things
0: well uh, i mean we're we jump as the first podcast you'll have to wait for the signing this out we're kind of jumping a bit everywhere but but like it's good for the open discussion uh i think before like g- going with the performances i think like you say there isn't a bad one there veronica Carr writes one is very very much a she's she's the viewer she's the audience and I'm sorry anybody in that situation I have no qualms I would be Veronica Cartwright screaming my head off Yeah, uh, yeah. it would be terrifying <laughs> I think everybody wants to say oh it would be Yafikoto
3: yeah. no 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 <laughs> the thing
0: with with the,
3: the the chess buster that was or nobody knew what was going to happen They they none of them gonna go, I
1: think they were aware there was a setup going on because obviously they had to prepare John hurt on the table this trip but they didn't know but they what. didn't know how what it was yeah. going to entail yeah and I also love the fact when Ridley Scott set this up it was a one-shot deal mm. he literally set it up shut oh, up John hurt John hurt knew exactly what was gonna happen obviously because he's lying on this table everyone else is out and called back in and they roll they roll with four cameras set up don't they yeah. right in this room And not one of them knows what's about to happen. And there's not one duff reaction. They know the alien's about to turn up. That's probably about as much as they know. They don't know how it's about to turn up.
3: Mm.
1: And that scene, the reactions in that scene... I mean, Veronica Karai's reaction is 100% genuine. It's real. And I think the thing that helped get that reaction even more was when that blood went off. She took it in the face. (laughs) Full
2: force.
1: Like a a pro. I I think I probably would have made the same noise. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You know.
0: Very much so. So, the film will stop because we, as I said, we're jumping about for the first one. We will be a lot more direct next one because we're feeling away. But start the film off, Ben. How does the film start? Uh, It's uh, tell us the story of Alien.
3: Flying through space, and uh, you see the uh, the big uh, ship flying along, and then the letters appear.
0: The Nostromo. Um,
1: taken from a novel, is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it? Bloody Conrad. Well. Oh, no, Conrad. Conrad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Because in the novel Nostromo, it's set in a mining town called Sulaco. No way. Yeah. that's. I've only found that one out um, a little while ago, but um, yeah, it kind of blew my head a little bit. It's like, you just ripped those from a novel. That's really cool, though. <laughs> so what happens next? Yeah. Uh...
0: If you were to tell tell sell me Alien, tell me what Alien is. The beginning of the film, how does it start? You don't have to go through every scene, but just tell me what, like the basic premise. Well, they're
3: in deep space. They're in they? deep space. Yeah, like you said before, truckers in space doing a job, um, and uh, they wake up, they go about their business, and then they get a. Um, they get a uh, a message from the company to tell them to go and have a look at this thing. They've received some message from this place, so they have to go and have a look at it. Uh, they go down, they land. Uh, something happens, and uh, and as we said before, um, Ripley is the one trying to keep everything uh trying to keep to protocol because if she doesn't then something could go wrong mm-hmm. and ash decides that ash being the the uh the mysterious one decides that he's gonna let them in uh and obviously all hell breaks loose and uh Shit happens.
0: <laughs> Alien. That—that was. was the original tagline. Alien. Shit happens.
2: <laughs>
3: Deal with it. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you scream, and shit happens.
1: Yeah.
2: It,
0: it, I
1: thought it, you were just saying no one can hear you scream and shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. They yeah, can't. You can't scientifically prove that's not true. You just see it emerge, <laughs> like the ultimate black hole. <laughs>
3: What's that? Okay. Is that a meteor? It's not
0: a meteor. No. No. Oh, no. It definitely looks like a storm, all right. Oh no! Oh, it's all over the front of the cockpit. Uh, so cockpit. <laughs> <the, Sorry>. So, so <laughs> they get on. They get on board. You have the alien. Uh, we. I mean, obviously the performances. Brilliant performances. Let's talk about design. We have. Yeah. Skirted around the rim of Geiger. Giga You say Geiger. I say Geiger. It is says G man. G man. You G-Man. say Geiger. Geiger. You said Giger. Geiger. The G man. The G man. Just the G. Let's let's talk about the G man. Okay. Come on, man. Lay it on me. Design wise, there's no way around it. Right. If you were to turn around and, basically, the alien cycle is an egg, and out of this egg comes this spider with a long tail. Or, as somebody, I can't remember who put it,
3: uh, I think it was Ridley Scott, put it as two hands together coming up someone's face.
1: Yeah, there you go. So, that's interestingly, that's how they actually did the egg sequence. Oh, oh, it, yeah. It was filmed upside down. The egg was on the ceiling. The camera was underneath, and it was a person's hand just bursting forth from the egg. And they had, uh, well,
0: obviously butcher like, an awful, and God no, the butcher yeah, guts yeah. and things. They went uh, to a. Uh, they actually they went killed a the butcher butch. and they
1: <laughs> ripped him apart and put him in the egg. <laughs> Very haunted. Yeah, you know, it, it was just to get that jumping effect. It was just easy to do it upside down. Someone thrust their hand in, and, and, you, and know, you only see it, see it for like a split second. But it's how they did it. But it's brilliant though. Yeah, it's yeah.
3: that, didn't they
1: make it out of a rubber glove? Yeah,
3: it, yeah I mean, it, it, it was
1: very simple because you couldn't really see it anyway because it happened so fast. I know, it, I think it was just basically a simplified version of what the face saga would look like because you're not really noticing details in that moment. You're already busy jumping out of your skin. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it let, it, I think it let, allowed them to have a little bit of artistic license with the way they went about things.
0: Yeah. But the design of it is terrifying. Oh, it
1: is. It's just like a big spider with a tail.
0: Well, uh, and, and again, shove something down your throat if you look at it. <laughs> because obviously, one of the, the things the innerving things is it goes through fears of pregnancy and impregnation. The whole film uh, like has undertones of that, and, and that was the whole idea. Where it's essentially male rape, isn't yeah. it? It's essentially male rape. So, what, what you have, not that one rape is worse than another, if I had to choose a rape that's worse, all rape is bad but um, they kind of try to
1: unnerve, in a way, the male
3: members. Very much so. By doing it, don't
1: they? The whole thing just stemmed from O'Bannon and just wanting to get an idea of how to get the alien actually on board the Nostremo in the first place. Mm. And it kind of helped their idea of this creature being a growing and evolving thing that, okay, it gets implanted in one of them as an embryo. Forcibly, and I suppose they wanted to do things like they wanted to avoid any cliches as far as it, it went genre wise. Yeah, I mean, cause and you by would, doing so, yeah, yeah. it happens to a male rather than a female because Actually better that it's, way. I think, it's, I think yeah. it's subverting what you would have expected yeah. from the situation, and it's
0: nice that they kind of. say It's not nice. It's not nice at all. But yeah. I mean, like, it's good, should I say, that they did that because, like you say. It turns it on
1: its head.
3: Well, in fact, the whole film is turned on its head. You have um, like a strong
1: female female lead.
0: lead,
3: Yeah. um, Whilst all the men are getting raped by uh,
0: Spider Finger -finger Monster. And uh, I mean, there's an (laughs) underpinning uh, sort of uh, way of looking at the face over itself. It's raping you. But it's also stopping you from saying help because it's covering your mouth. It's 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 stopping you from talking or being able to communicate. It is
1: a horrible, horrible creation. It's it's terrifying. It's so effective.
0: Oh, yeah. And and again, going back on when you get uh, Geiger with his design, because he does so much biomechanical stuff, it's blatantly, there's no other way around saying it. It is one big flappy pair of labias. It's a vagina. Yeah. It's a vagina <laughs> that thrusts a penis Let's out of it. Let's just put it out there. Let's put it out there. Imagine being in the boardroom for that. <laughs> just what, got an idea for the design of the alien. We've got this. Well, oh, it looks a bit weird, doesn't it? It looks like, um, what, what is that? Oh, it's a, kind of like a space donkey and it touches you with a finger and then you're getting <laughs> pregnant. That's a bit interesting. That's a bit strange. Okay, what, That what? was the original title for the film, space, actually. Space donkey space and pregnant. Space donkey, predator. yeah. Yeah, and, and <laughs> what, what what have you got, uh, uh, Geiger? I I have this uh, design. I want to show you uh, the vaginal lips covering your own lips and uh, shoving it, cock down your it, mouth. It is kiss of the labia. I call it the hepsy of death. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it it's 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 basically a vagina with low-hearted. legs. This isn't, like, hard at all. <laughs> you told me this was going to be jovial, you lying bastard. How is this jovial? <laughs> We've been talking about rape, for God's sake. Um, I feel really uncomfortable now. <laughs> you, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, 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 it's it's a love clamp that clamps on your face. The fact of the matter is, I mean, very intrinsically mouth. from its idea, it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's the whole idea. Yeah, it's horrible. And, and that's the I point, think, though. I think also it's... It's a perversion Isn't... of the reproductive systems that we know. Yeah, and... but it's also made, intended, I think, yeah. to make you feel uncomfortable even talking about it and discussing it. Yeah, because it's one of those, it's one of those things. It's just, it's horrific. It's an attack upon someone, a very, very personal attack upon someone. Yeah. Which makes it, I think it even makes it difficult to talk about in that respect. It's it's a violation. It's a a violation. It's a
0: violation and a perversion of uh, what we know as to be organically natural. Yeah. Doozy when it comes. Ripping out. And like we were saying before, they had no idea that scene was coming.
1: Yeah. No idea. No. As we were saying before, it was all. They were were aware of the setup, but um, they weren't aware of what it was actually going to entail. They knew something was about to happen, but the nature of what was about to happen.
3: One of them said uh, in in an interview, we knew that the alien was coming. This is where, in the script, it said alien uh, appears. Um, And then I think it was Veronica Cartwright said, uh, we knew it was going to happen. And then, but none of us, and all the crew had um, protective covers on. We're we're so you're already
1: walking into the room paranoid and, and so <laughs> on a Cartwright's looking around what are you going,
3: about to do why are you all wearing raincoats
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, oh god and, and then, that'd be awful you glycerin as well and <laughs> it didn't come off oh. it didn't come off at all oh because the effects back then yeah. I mean there was gl- uh, glycerin in fact that, that connects to Sigourney Weaver she was saying they we were using
1: lots of glycerin for the, the, the sweat <laughs> effects she was allergic and, to And it. allergic
0: to yeah. Jonesy, the cat. She
1: thought she was allergic to the cat, but she was actually allergic to the glycerin they were spraying on her to make it look like she was sweating. Yeah. Why don't
3: they
0: just work her hard and <laughs> make her sweat? Do some push-ups. <laughs> for Christ's sake, Weaver, get in the corner <laughs> and do some lunges. <laughs> 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 <Just> like... <laughs> that would, that, to be honest, that would have f-
3: fitted in rather well with the, the overall film uh, anyway, because Ridley Scott is notorious for making people... Um, do things to do, uh, yeah, do <laughs> yeah, things without yeah. like telling them what they're actually doing. Yeah,
0: I mean, what well, the designs of those, the, the spacesuits that I mean, that was you, you say about what Ridley Scott did. I know his kids eventually did the the, the shots, but
1: when they did the long
0: shot, the long shot, when you actually get into the space
1: job, you shit.
0: But the suits were so badly designed in the respects of being able to breathe, yeah you could only be in there for like 60 seconds or something. They looked incredible. Though. They of course they do they looked bloody amazing. Yeah. But, uh, the, I think Especially Monica Cartwright said that she wasn't she like claustrophobic. Yeah,
2: claustrophobic.
0: Or, or it, again, I think she says in one interview about the fact that it really like affected her uh, the way that she was uh, but also you had uh, a light at the top.
3: Uh, was it at the top? I think it was yeah, at the top. Yeah, like just above the visor. Wouldn't and it? Yeah. Uh, I think it was... Who was it? Maybe John Hurt said that all you could see whilst you were walking around was your face.
1: It was a reflection of your reflection own face, wasn't it? of your <laughs> face
3: in the helmet. And they couldn't see anything. And plus, on top of that, you had the, uh, the condensation from the breath oh. on the thing.
1: And it must have made it very, very really difficult to actually act in
0: frustrating <laughs> it must be i know that the, the the actual nostromo uh, itself was built if you once you got in there you had to go through it
1: was the, like it was like a literal like, maze wasn't yeah, it? yeah
0: to get out of there again and i think again that, that the the designs i mean you can say what you like about ridley scott but ultimately his uh, ability to see the aesthetic yeah. Is his crowning achievement as a director. He's, his aesthetic um, eye is incredible. And, I mean, his background was from uh, music videos. Yeah. Uh, prior and to this. adverts. And yeah. adverts, yeah.
1: It was all about design, wasn't it, really? Yeah.
0: Very visual. Very, very. And, and that, lends again, lends itself to the used look. Because I think, I mean, I mean he said, like you said before, with Star Wars, he said he wanted the universe to look lived in. Yeah. And if you're going to have a lived in universe, you need politics. And you have the politics with um, Brett and um, Parker and the way that they interact as, like, again, the lower class system almost. They go,
1: well, what shares are we getting? Screw you, pay money. Yeah. Almost like labor laws. Well, the thing is, there's a scene in the film where they effectively cut everyone off because. They're getting in a half about not getting their pay. Yeah. Oh, it's going to take X amount hours to fix, and he just switches it off.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then and then Ripley goes down. It's like really, and there's that, it's a constant power struggle, uh, struggle between those two characters, isn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, and I think once once you, I mean, it it makes itself a world. I mean, what? How long is it before they actually get
1: on LV four two six? You're probably looking derrick, at a fish, good fish, 20, 25 minutes yeah. before you even reach the planet. I mean, that opening sequence, just um, the lingering shot through the ship, to, yeah, to, turning to pods, to turn on. To people waking up. You're probably looking at a good four or five minutes of just going through that sequence. I mean, that is a hell of i mean, and but that's it's beautifully impressive. shot. It's, it's beautifully impressive. shot. I mean, it grabs you from the get go because it's very. Um, I don't know. It's, it's already put that sense of mystery in there, not it? You know, you see this, like, completely derelict spaceship. Where's this going? Yeah. And the design, you know. I mean, oh, I, I'm not being funny or anything, but... Is it, is it
0: Morpheus or Morbius? The, Morbius. The, the, he, the artist? There's the, a lot yeah. of... It reminds me. Some of that reminds me of very much.
1: But I think uh, that's Ridley Scott went on record saying he was, like, one of his influences for when he... Because even when he did... Um, the storyboarding for um, Blade Runner as well. Mm. Look at the storyboarding for Blade Runner on Google now, people listening, do it, and then look at Mobius and look at the differences between the two. He was heavily influenced by this guy, and you can really see it if you look. Um, I'm sure all of you out there have got the Blu ray. Look in the extras, look in the design. <laughs> I and have several copies of the film. <laughs> <laughs> look in the designs and compare that to Mobius' work, and you can see that Ridley Scott has taken a lot of influence from this guy. Really, Scott's a big fan of uh, heavy metal. Oh, we to um, do that.
0: We've got to do that. Uh, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Just and again, I mean, wasn't Dan O'Bannon a heavy metal reader? He I liked, think he was. Yeah. yeah, I think he had something to do with did, the film. I suppose did he have something <laughs> to do with the film? Wasn't hang? Hang on. I'm, no, I'm going to have to check this now, uh, listeners. So I'm going to use my mobile. And just the power
3: to, of. No, no,
0: that's not it. That's porn. No, no, (laughs) no, that's hardcore clown pornography. I can't use that. Um, let's have a look. Dan O'Bannon, and let's put heavy metal in. Let's see what happens. That straight away. Heavy metal, uh, yeah. Wow, okay. Is he involved with the writing of the velmet? Interesting. Fact-checking. This is
1: not dead air. This is not dead air. I can make sounds if you
0: like. Make (laughs) sounds. Please do. Ah. Help create the animated feature, Heavy Metal, writing two of its segments, Soft Landing and B-17. And if I remember correctly, it's been a very long time since I've seen Heavy Metal. But if I remember correctly, it's the most terrifying um, sequence in the film. Surprise, surprise! And it's also my the most memorable for me, which is it's the beat, it's the World War II bombers, and yep. all the zombies and all yep. the dead pilots, and it is terrifying. <gasps> watch that sequence now, listeners. I, I,
1: I can't watch heavy metal anymore without thinking of that episode of Sci-Fi oh yeah god damn your rocking tits
0: (laughs) god yeah Uh, major boobage we've got to we have got to watch heavy metal at some point because that that is a really way out there i I
1: suppose it's basically america's answer to 2000 ad isn't it you can tell this is our first podcast because we're digressing like hell on this
0: who are you again? I, I, what I, are you? I, I
1: hope he's at least being entertaining while we're doing this. Space. Yeah, and, and we will be more <laughs> on
0: focus. We're just finding our feet. But in space, no one can find their feet. Unless they have weird artificial gravity. Much like Alien. Well,
1: unless you can just find your legs. Probably on the end of those. Depends. I mean, like, if the aliens got you... Well, yeah, he yeah. would have
0: ripped them off. Yeah, well... Uh, speaking of which... What do you think about the violence in this film, apart from the birthing sequence, which obviously is incredibly visceral, the the only word you can use for it, what do you think about the violence in this film? Deliberately dialed back,
1: isn't it? There isn't that much violence. (laughs) Is he wants surprising? to leave. A, he wants to leave a lot more to your own imagination.
0: Exactly, because
1: whatever's in your head is probably a lot worse than what actually goes back to happen on screen. And in the alien films, it's normally another set of alien teeth.
0: <laughs> uh, it's yeah. I just, I think that I think the violence is really understated, underpinned uh, for everything after after that initial scene. After the stuff uh, that that happens but the it when um,
3: when ash tries to kill ripley <laughs> mm <laughs> A surprisingly uh, action orientated uh, moment.
0: I, I, I think that's the. the
1: uh, I think that's the most stark use of violence in the world, Yeah, yeah. and the most terrifying. Well.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it does come out in nowhere. way.
1: I, I actually think in that sequence, Ash is actually more terrifying mm-hmm. than the Atheist.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the violence in this film is very understated. Like I keep saying. And when it does come out of left field, like with the the chest burster scene, or when Ash attacks Ripley later on, and the discovery of Ash being an android, uh, you you just, I suppose it's almost this is going to sound very strange to say. It's to me, it's almost realistic because yeah. it's like an an attack out of nowhere, like a Friday night you're just being attacked. And I know it's not like Friday night on the Stromo just hanging around. Ash decides to hit me. But it's it's kind of like Ash being a dick. He's drank too much. But yeah, bit, <laughs> Ash, you wanker! You're looking at my bird. This <laughs> is <She's attacking. laughs> It's his party trick. He's wanker again. Ah, oh, he just can't. He takes drinks way too much milk. Can't hold his drink. He, he can't just, hold his milk. He loves that just milk. pours out of his head. <laughs> um, so he's looking, looking at
3: me funny. <laughs> I, yeah, I like just
0: it. just like the milk bar in in Clockwork Orange <laughs> Huge All podcast the, and the Milky um, Bar kid and the Milky Bar kid he was such a violent man he was he was a violent a troubled, violent young man Troubles, troubled yeah. young man Troubles. uh so so Ash, he's a child when he when he attacks uh, but you know you're, you're joking there but it's almost childlike yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah. it's like yeah. a tantrum yeah, yeah have you ever noticed the way the robot it's, it's a tantrum he's like i'm not going my own way what is he on the tantrum He just got his head knocked off no <laughs> yeah yeah but before <laughs> that he's having it's, it's kind of like a yeah. build-up it's yeah. like don't tell anyone otherwise you're going to get me in trouble yeah Right, and it's almost like a childlike tantrum. Yeah. And there is a childlike um, way to Ash's character in the way he views on second viewing, not first initial viewing, but once you know that he's a robot, mm-hmm. going back to watch it again, there's almost like a childlike nuanced performance in the way that he reacts with the crew because he doesn't really know how to integrate himself socially as well and he's kind of looking at them and the way he's kind of going okay is that how i'm supposed to be but he won't act that way he's kind of observing it all so he in many ways is almost like an alien himself and also uh bishop refers to that later on
1: yeah and it was awesome. were a bit twitchy yeah.
0: god damn was
1: that twitchy He <laughs> was
0: twitchy he tried to choke it to death and again what is the magazine she's putting down? He's putting down. it's going to his magazine. Was it Jazz Mag? It, it was a rhythm publication. <laughs> that is correct, Mister Mid. It was a spank rag. Um, it was it, so. Again, it's another sexual undertone. I know sounds you a porn. But but again, yeah. Uh, you look at that. Um, you look at that sequence. It's, it's like, no
1: accident, I don't
0: think. Uh, yeah, and and the way Ash is attacking Ripley it's almost there's almost like a sexual element to it excited sexual element as well so when he's again ramming down her throat that's it's it's all very i, I know i'm sound like a massive colossal um pervert mm. where
1: people are like <laughs> oh shit this guy needs to be locked up i think he's going to be a sex offender it's not that it is this, this is just not the pod i thought i was going to listen to oh my god i feel violated listening to this podcast I'm sorry, it's-
3: He's done his time anyway, so you know.
1: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> on a register
3: anymore. Oh, um, yeah, God. so,
0: but but all joking aside, the whole thing has a sexual undertone, and it's from the smallest, um, most unique perspective from characters like Ash, uh, who's like asexual and trying to learn to human experience almost in a way, mimicking that, uh, and the way the androids are perceived in later installments in the film franchise to the creation of the alien to to all sorts of things. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely depends. The whole thing, um, or maybe I'm completely wrong. Um, there's complete, there's, there's yeah. people drinking cups of tea and, and pondering, <laughs> stroking beards, stroking beards, <clears throat> and drinking cups of I'm tea. I'm just
1: wondering how loud my tea drinking is on this microphone. I'm sure it's slurp tastic. Oh yeah, uh,
3: yeah. So there's a there's a great. Um, image that uh geiger did of uh, except there was one point in the production where geiger was getting i think he was getting quite annoyed
1: or maybe just kind of i think fed up with what was going on geiger was very much the same as dan o'bannon in the respect that he was very precious of his work Yeah. I mean it's it's pretty legendary now of his meltdown over the situation with alien resurrection. Oh my God, and how he completely washed his hands of it. Yeah. Because they to be fair, did completely bastardise his work. You think
3: and didn't even it wasn't. didn't even include him in the
1: credits. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was like a what for any resurrection. Yeah. It was it was it was just a colossal deviation and one that was completely wrong.
0: Let's be fair. When we get to that film, folks, that's going to be <laughs> a shitstorm storm and a half. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Oh, poor old Joss, though. Poor old Joss. We'll get we'll him. get back to that. He'll get his. <laughs> um, he gets to have the last laugh many years later. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like. Geiger um, did lots of crazy development work with that Mm. creature. I mean, can you think of a solitary alien design or a creature design prior to alien? That was as terrifying? That was as, yeah, as terrifying. Because you can think of unique ones with Star Wars, of course. But
1: as terrifying. I I, I think it's like... The original thing was kind of sinister. I wouldn't call it terrifying, but there was something sinister about it. Mysterious.
0: What? Uh, who goes there? Yeah, so,
1: yeah. The thing from the yeah. world. Yeah. There's but, that, but, but that was more but, of a figure. But outright was, terrifying? No, it was like Frankenstein. It made, yeah, it was Frankenstein-esque. It just made you uncomfortable more than anything. With, with respect to like outright, mm-hmm, what the hell's that? Oh yeah. It's pretty hard to think of one, isn't it? I really, I actually genuinely cannot think. I can think of robot
0: designs. You know, Forbidden Planet, straight to mind, and Metropolis, and things like that. You can always think of that, and again, Star Wars. You can always think of the evolution of things like robots, the Hal Nine Thousand, you know, two thousand one, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But I can't think of an alien that's as terrifying as the alien from Alien. From Alien. That's a lot of aliens. Yeah, a lot of aliens. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't think about it. And I always loved, I always loved the design of the space jockey. That mm.
1: that terrified me as well. Like, what the hell is that but, thing? But, but uh, I think that the thing that is most stark about the space jockey is it's completely unexplained. Yeah. In Alien, nothing is explained about that. It's just a thing, a it's giant there. thing, sat in a chair with a hole in its chest, and that's all you get. That's your lot. Mull that one over. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like it. I don't care
0: what it looks like. You don't know what it is. Think. Move on. <laughs> let, yeah. Let What's it nestle that? in your mind. Think of the production budget though you know. for that. That alone, the space jockey. I know, crazy. And for how long is it in the, the damn film for? But the. Could you uh, imagine? The, it's so impactful for the the little the amount that's on them,
1: there. You look at it now, and you just. How much of a long game has Ridley Scott played with this? Yeah. I mean, to include that there and not even think about it until years later and re-inject it into Prometheus. Because it's such a great unanswered question. Yeah. And that... It, it was a logical place to touch upon, if really, we're going to come back to the series, which, again, we will touch he, on later. But He mentioned it in, in an interview, that that's where his... The future of the franchise, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, was with the space jockey. If he would stayed and with it in aliens, we probably would have got all this a lot sooner. But um, obviously, that didn't happen. I will say, thankfully, we had Jim Cameron come along. We had Jim Cameron come along, and yeah. I mean, I've got to say, for for that, I was a little bit apprehensive, but um, wrongly so. But of course, we will get back to that. Now. Yeah, uh,
0: one of the greatest uh, sequels of all time. Up there. Yeah, um, and I mean, like. There's so much you can peel back from from Alien. I mean, like, again, it's a built, lived-in world with politics, with um, characterization. Uh, when it gets to when the alien turns up, the horrendous kind of situation these protagonists find themselves in. And the look and design of the alien is incredible.
1: I know, yeah. Do you know what I, l- I love about Alien, though? The weird... Crazy little pieces of trivia that turn up when you look for them. I mean, like the scene where they are in the egg chamber. Mm -hmm. You have all the eggs laid out uh, out on the floor, the mist, and that light, that beam of light that kind of sits over the top, the laser. I always thought that was like a, a defense system. Nah, but do you know what that laser actually is? What? Who it belongs to. No. It belongs to the who. Piss off. It belonged to The Who, where they were filming Alien. The Who were setting up for a tour in another soundstage. What? And they borrowed the laser from The Who in the egg chamber. How the hell <laughs> does that conversation come up? You
0: just pop over next door, borrow some milk. Now nah, I'm going to borrow The Who's laser. Not, knock, not. Sorry, fellas. You got a, oh, adultery I You got a I, laser I can borrow.
1: I don't know if this is like urban legend, but I've heard this... Many, many times before, and the, that that laser that was used in the egg chamber sequence actually came from the Who. That's incredible. And it's not just that. It's, it's, it's other little things. It's, it's, it's just mad little asides, like learning that the alien's jaws were made of shredded condoms. Yeah. What? And the tendons in the alien's jaw were yeah. shredded condoms, and they coated them in KY jelly. That's what's dripping off his face. Again. That doesn't help with the phallic thing, does it? It doesn't really <laughs> help with the whole undertone <laughs> sexual violence, uh, does it? Condoms, KY jelly. The, uh, this this uh, uh, initial face thing. front
3: <laughs> half of the alien's head is uh, built onto a uh,
1: skull. Was it a real? Tool? You don't see it. You don't. The you hardly see ever see it in the film because the way that the alien is framed and in the level of light you see it, you don't really make out its dome is translucent. The dome is I see never through. knew that. For years later, in certain lights, it looks almost grey. Yeah, but it's not. It's light. It's diffused light shining through its head. It's a translucent dome, and inside it, there's a skull. Never, you never see it, and you never really see it on the screen. I and of course, the design bit where you can just see the light
3: on the other side coming through, and you can just make out a, a, a
1: very, very faint dark shape. You'll only ever ever really see it clearly if you look at pictures of the costume. Because by the time you hit Aliens, Alien 3, the design changes every time because obviously, dependent on the host that it hatches from, the alien's going to look completely different. This one came from a human. There's a skull in its head. Yeah. That's mad. It's it's just little bits like that. I love finding this weird shit out. I love the fact (laughs)
0: that that they made a design so intricate, and then people wouldn't get that straight away. But
1: you're not even going see can, that. It's not stuff you're even necessarily going to see, but it's there anyway.
0: Just because on the off chance that you did yeah. see it, and again, it adds another layer. And I think they
3: spent uh, they spent a lot of money on the space
1: jockey, and the budget got upped. Yeah, it was it was, it was got, supposed to be like three million, and they upped it to eight. When um, when uh, Fox saw Ridley Scott's storyboards,
0: well, there was a hell of a game,
1: wasn't there? Like Ridley was trying to keep them at bay. There was a massive argument with producers (laughs) at one point. Well, well, that's the thing. It's it's that whole chestnut of studio intervention, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. You want more money to make your film? Well, guess what? Studio's coming in. Yeah. Why? You've got your money, but screw you. We're changing this. Yeah, but (laughs) they
3: questioned why the space jockey was in it. And uh, Ridley Scott said, No, we're having the space jockey in it. Uh, because and I, I can't remember why he what the reason why, but he 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 fought so hard to have the space jockey in it, and it cost them an extra, I don't know how much, but it, it's
1: in there for all of what a minute, two minutes. Yeah, but it's not even the space jockey, it's going on the level of if you think about this, the Xenomorph itself. Get this one around your head. First of all, doesn't actually appear on screen till one hour into the film. Round about the hour mark is the first time you see the fully-grown alien. Do you know how long it actually appears on the screen? Because I looked this one up. Right, hang on, let's hang, on, hang, on, some, hang on.
0: Let's take some bets on this one. Place your bets. <laughs> right. SDC, what do you reckon? Uh, uh, I'm going to go with 20 minutes. That is a very positive estimate.
1: It's a um, very positive uh, estimate. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna say, okay, I'm gonna try and be realistic here. Like, let's see, is this including when it comes out of John Hurt?
1: Um, we're talking of this animal, Just the xenomorph. Well, Just the we're, character. We're, we're, of the talk, alien, we're talking the alien, fully grown, not the chest burst. Yeah. I, I think mm. it relates fully right. Right. Okay. Let's take away the
0: chest burst scene. Let's see. You got a, a bit, bit too. Uh... Yeah. Too much, maybe. Well, let, let's hang on. Let, let me have a look. Let me think. Uh, so you've got Brett's death.
1: Yeah. That's, you know, it's there. Two fleeting glances in that scene, doesn't it, if you think um, about it? The, after that, it's Dallas in the tube. Yep. Again. In the ventilation shaft. Split second. After that, you've got... The majority of it's screen time it just comes from
0: one scene. And, well... I. And then, hang on, but then you've got the stuff with Parker and uh, Veronica Cartwright's character. Help me out. Oh, Jesus. Yeah.
1: My brain. What? How can all three of us have forgotten our character's <laughs> name? That's... Oh, my.
0: I am so sorry, Veronica Cartwright. I know you'll never listen to this that, podcast.
1: That's, that's terrible.
0: That is, and considering we're all big fans of this bloody franchise, that's actually, that's that is t- disgusting. How the
1: hell? Lambert. Did... Lambert, Lambert yeah, thank yeah, you
0: yeah I was about to what reach the yes Lambert so yeah sorry cold sweat. but uh, I remember Brett <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton Brett you know the other <laughs> blooming woman in the cat oh, Lambert sorry, it's Lambert. Lambert I knew it yeah.
1: I knew it sorry.
0: so when Lambert and Park, Parker die yeah. you see it then yeah, and again randomly,
1: really yeah. terrifying what oh, the God. hell what the we'll... tail between the legs yeah what's Man. that about nope nope nope
0: nope no. what happened there what did it do
1: again it's left very
0: ambiguous it's isn't it? really ambiguous yeah. and again Horrible, horrible sexual undertone. Yeah. Um, so you have that, then you have the escape pod, uh, and the end of the film. So I'm gonna go with, on that basis, I'm gonna go with
1: four and a half minutes. You are pretty much bang on. It's around about four minutes. Oh. Four, four minutes of screen time as the full, you know, your mar- your marquee alien vision that you are. Were- Basing your entire film on had only four minutes of screen time. Wow. And it made that much of an impact. That is how you do the setup for a horror franchise. That's how you do horror. That's how you do <laughs> yeah, horror. <full laughs> stop. Leave it all in your head. Original <laughs> Lightmare on Elm Street, perfect. Oh, exactly. The Shining. The Shining as yeah. well. Yeah, quite a lot of that. It. Sounds daft. The, yeah. The, the, the if you think version. about it... That thing was really long. That film was, like, three and a half hours. Yeah, three and a half hours. It it's not a film, is it? Yeah, it was a TV movie. And you top all that up, and he isn't actually on screen all that long in the grand screen with the entire film. Now, but let's just,
0: on the basis of knowing what we know about the future of the franchise, uh, and which we, again, will touch upon later, how long do you think, how much do we get to see the aliens in Aliens? I mean that's that's gratuitous, isn't it? Because you get to see it's, everything.
1: It's, it's 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 Well, it depends. Ah, uh, see, see with aliens, though it, it, they all it alters altogether because you have like, different cuts of that film. Yeah, I mean the, the directors. I mean, I know this is a director's cut of Alien, but it didn't really add an awful lot to screen no. time, did it? No. But um, Aliens did. It added a sizeable chunk, didn't it? Speaking of which, I think this brings us nicely
0: to the very strange. Deleted scene from Alien, which totally changes the alien's life cycle to what we know after future installments. And do you know what I'm talking about here? I do indeed. Then, lead us in. What happens in the scene?
3: The uh, she uh, Ripley is going down into the um, into the bowels of the ship, and she comes across. Uh, Dallas, mm-hmm. who is cocooned um, in this webbing, which, uh, for fact fans, is
1: made of sellotape. Um, <laughs> so you just made that up on the spot. It's made of sellotape. sellotape and, uh, um, they're just taped into <laughs> a wall. They're just, they just taped into <laughs> a wall. <war. laughs> Look, we don't. spent the whole budget on a big fucking
0: thing. <laughs> it's it's it it's it, really it, nobody's going it. to it. see. Taped
1: into a wall for some KY jelly. It's it is, uh, KY jelly. I think it's KY, it's K-Y jelly. It was. That's what you used for the aliens. And, uh, and, uh, and sell I could do that. But, uh, That's It was weird, but carry on. The
0: uh Tuesday night for me. i was a deviant, apparently. Everyone comes back to say, Roll a Sounds like
1: KY jelly. And time it's <laughs> just every night for me, just sitting there wrapping sellotape around the body anyway <laughs> how it glistens carry on jesus christ oh it looks so pretty It's <laughs> um, so shiny so smooth
0: no oh
1: stop it <laughs> try it. carry oh, on really hurts when you rip it off <laughs> oh god
0: oh christ we're all <laughs> going to The
1: digression, we'll the digression. right
0: carry anyway on. <laughs> um
3: so he goes she finds dallas um uh, but also, she finds um, somebody else, which is Brett. Ooh. And uh, Brett is looking rather weird. He looks like he has a
1: papier-mâché
0: head. Yeah. He's, <laughs> and he, he's gone shocking. He's also covered in sellotape. <laughs> he's <laughs> going for the new romantic look. <laughs> papier-mâché and, uh, head.
3: He's got these weird wings sticking out the side of his neck.
1: To remember. Um, and it was uh, really
3: odd. The, the, it looks really
1: weird. You, you can't pick up from that scene what's going on there because you, I watch it back now and it's like, what happened to Brett? It looks really odd. And it's not something you see later in the series, so it's obviously an idea they had then that they didn't follow through on, but it's still really interesting to look at. But it's based on Dan O'Bannon's, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure this is Dan
0: O'Bannon's um, original concept of the 80s the original life cycle of the alien and uh, so basically Brett
3: um, rumour has it is turning into an egg there you go and um, the theory is that Brett's the egg uh, which houses the face hugger which is going to latch onto Dallas Wow, and that's 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 the theory that is it comes from the deleted scenes of
0: uh, Alien. See, I always thought, I always thought they were both being turned into eggs. I think that's why he not kill me, because he's he reason he says because he says kill me, doesn't he? And she tortures him. Yeah, and um, which is then hinted at the idea that they had a relationship as well. Is kind of if they'd have gone with the idea that Dallas and Ripley had had a relationship. Um, the trauma of her having to kill this person that she once loved and knew, and he's he's begging her to die, and again a call back to that is in aliens, because the woman they first come across going kill me, and she's starting to get all kind of panicky and stuff. Emotional, yeah. So that again calls back to this scene, which they initially they I think they originally deleted because it was rushed a rushed film. Uh, concept. They just quickly did it and threw it in and went. Uh, let's just get rid of it. So they got rid of it. And I think uh, they were arguing. Well, it's kind of w- what's the cycle? It turns people into eggs, and then and then what? The, the it finds other people to turn into eggs. So
1: then face eggs come I, out. I and think then... I think they basically realised, come aliens, that the idea is way too complicated and convoluted to even yeah attempt. Really to, strange to, to move on. I think I think they definitely went the right way in deleting that scene, they definitely went the right way in adapting it in Aliens in a more logical progression. I think it's horrific, though. I think it's bloody horrible. Yeah, it You're is. Like,
0: just that they're being mulched down and they're very much aware they're being broken down and turned into these eggs. Mm. That is terrifying. Yeah. That's really horrible. But here's another thing for future podcasts. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. We'll only know when it comes out in two weeks' time. I have a theory, and I have a theory relating to Prometheus. Okay, if people haven't watched Prometheus, and it goes down to the reason because before the podcast begins, uh, obviously I did say there'd be spoilers. Um, now, Prometheus. I'm going to so I'm going to be ruining a bit of Prometheus now. With the black goo and how it uh, is, it. Magical magical and it breaks things down biologically and things like that. There's a big hullabaloo about Alien Covenant because there are alien eggs. There's no queen that we've yeah. seen so far. There could be, I'm completely wrong.
1: Because where else are
0: the eggs coming from? But where's Naomi Rapace's character? Because sure the character isn't around. So, did David the android kill her? Where did the eggs come from? Or has he turned her into the biological template for the eggs? Have they gone back to the well and taken that original idea and changed it slightly? That's my theory. I think either she's become mutated and turned into one of these eggs, um, which in later, which you've seen in the trailer of Covenant where you know there's an egg there, um, Or she is some sort of base template and they've done it and she's like a mutated queen laying them. That's my theory. That would be horrific. It would be absolutely (laughs) horrendous. And again, it goes to the whole fear of your control of body and being broken down and everything else. That's very much so like that scene. That's the deleted scene. So maybe they went back to that. And again, if they did, that's O'Bannon's imprint yet still being felt. Yeah. Even after his death, because he's, he's been dead for many years now. Mm. So, you know, I mean, it's 2017 now. So when did he die? Probably, what, 2009, 2010? I think it was later than that. But it's been a good,
3: like,
0: four years at least. Um, again, I'm going to do some on-the-spot fact-checking uh, because Dan O'Bannon, because I happen to have his page open, 2009 december wow, 17th so he's been dead for 8 years almost so yeah oh, so he still time so he still felt in the in the, in the thing there so what do you what do you think uh, with with alien the way it ends i mean like how do you think that so what do you think it how do you think it's going to end like, not the, the series in general, but how do you think that it's it, um, the
1: film, how it originally ended? How do you feel about that? Um, well, I think it ends at a point that it leaves it open for um, continuation, doesn't it? I mean, that, that was obviously where they were going with it. I mean, when they looked at this film as they were making it, they didn't know if they were going to get a sequel or not, but they knew this was an idea that had legs. Mm. it could go places, they knew that um, Fox knew that they wouldn't have injected more money into this film if they didn't have faith in it so I think it, it, it. there is a sense of finality to it but there is also a sense that this isn't over yeah, well you still know that the space jockey and the
0: derelict spacecraft are still on that planet
1: exactly, yeah
0: and where did they come from? which mm-hmm. was always the big, big thing wasn't yeah. it because they're in a ship. So they had to get in the ship first. You know, who laid the eggs? And again, all mysteries that we will spoil to high heaven even more so in future installments. Do you know what the original
1: ending was? Yes, and the original ending of Alien, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Ripley actually died. Because mm-hmm. the alien bit her head off. Yep.
0: <laughs> and do you know how they were going to originally end it after killing her? I'm sure this is this. really, really strange. When I say it now, like even imagining this scene, it's, it's kind of almost laughable, but at the same time, kind of scary. It's really weird. Um, okay, so originally, like you say, the alien kills Ripley, and when it kills Ripley at the very end, it's sending out a message, like, a, and you hear. Ripley's voice or Dallas's voice. It changes the story changes. Some people say it's Ripley, some say, you know, I think Ridley's got said oh it was Dallas's voice or it's it, it always changes to between Ripley and Dallas. Um that voice is being spoken via the radio and it's the alien. The alien is actually talking down the microphone <laughs> and and saying this is Ripley, the last survivor of the Mastromo or whatever, you know, signing yeah. off. And then waiting for people to find it to wreak bloody vengeance and havoc all over again. Now, that idea both intrigues and terrifies me at the same time and makes me (laughs) laugh my ass off. Because imagine this alien just like very, very politely going, hello. (coughs) Yeah, mimicking, (laughs) mimicking like Sigourney Weaver perfectly. It clears its throat before it goes on the radio. But at the same time, imagine, if you will, if they had shot that scene and you... Hear Ripley's voice, but it wasn't quite right. Yeah, it was kind of slightly distorted, or kind of like crunchy, almost yeah, like yeah, kind yeah. of there's a kind of a, a tapered version of the voice going yeah, as yeah. it's talking, and then you found the reveal of this thing moving away and it was there. That would yeah. be kind of creepy, but still, uh, for those of you who weren't aware, Mr. H T C decides to leave and go for a piddle break, and he's back now. So I'm going to ask him the same question. Hello. Do you know how originally Alien was supposed to end?
1: Um. Ah. Uh, mm. I don't know. Fantastic. Um. Ripley.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Um. Originally, the alien was supposed to kill Ripley, and uh, the radio broadcast at the end. Either via Dallas's voice or Ripley's voice is heard. And the reveal is it's the alien saying, This is Ripley, last survivor of the Strung, Speaking in her voice. Which is both laughable, but at the same time, I could see how they could make it scary, but at the same time, I'm just imagining this big lumbering monster <laughs> just being very dainty or... and going, <laughs> Just <laughs> speaking into a microphone, going,
3: This is Ripley,
1: last survivor of the, the um, good, little lips. um <laughs> off the bed now just add tea and the cat's um, looking terrified the cat acting up <laughs> <laughs> don't know what's up with it i i couldn't possibly tell you the little it's, fucker keeps hissing at me he just keeps hissing i can't get near like, me like a little dick i'm going to bed now see night. you bye
2: bye
1: i'm gonna pregnant you all i mean <laughs> night uh, yeah, it's just,
0: it's it's a bit of a strange one. Yeah. So, right. It definitely Cl- ended the right way. Put it that way. Yeah. Closing thoughts on Alien. Groundbreaking. Uh,
3: for me personally, it's uh, quite possibly one of my favourite horror films of all time. It's certainly my favourite
1: of the Alien films. Oh, of the Alien franchise. It's it's not my favorite of the franchise, but it's it's probably my second favorite. I, I I would say, and people what
0: the hell? It's my third You're favorite. Freak. It's my third favorite of the franchise. I think it's a masterpiece in filmmaking. I think what well, I wish Ridley Scott still made films like that. Uh, Prometheus, oh
1: man! That's oh, a you nice. just fill the. Yourself with so much optimism for Blade Runner, there, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) Like Blade Blade Runner and Alien,
0: I think, are the the benchmarks for Ridley Scott. Yeah. And I know, I know people will argue out there listening to it. He has made better films or whatever. He hasn't, in my opinion, but that's just me. People, People will be going, but he's still an amazing director. Yes. But not only did he help establish and create a fantastic universe with the help of others to creatively involved, create something amazing. He also did something that did some bloody silly damage to it as well. As much as some of the other entries, I don't think so. But still, a very disappointing effort in my opinion. But again, that's for a future podcast. Uh, I think it's a brilliant film. It's massively crafted. There isn't a bad performance in it. Every single actor is superb. Um, the creature design is incredible. The the setup, the look, I mean, it still holds
1: up. It still holds up. It's still a great film. I, mean, I, stand, I stand by what I said. It is groundbreaking. No, yeah. no matter what way you look at it, every, almost on every level, it is groundbreaking.
0: I don't think... Can you think of a single alien film, as in not just alien, But a horror film featuring featuring an alien, alien, which is supposed to be scary. Can you think of anything that is on par with that, bar The Thing? Shit. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Bar The Thing, which came out three years later. Which will be
3: on another podcast. But yes. Uh, uh, Apart from The
1: Thing, no. I, See, the, I, I was going to say the thing, but I knew there was going to be proviso to that question. Too so. bloody right there. Was. <laughs> I
0: can't, I generally can't think of anything. That that's
3: quite on the same level. The things worse. Oh, the, oh, the thing. Thing's uh, worse.
0: <laughs> if I had to fight, if I had one or the other to go against, no, if you're screwed either way. But it's always going to be Alien over the thing. The thing is the stuff of nightmares. Uh, like I mean, Alien is the stuff of nightmares, but the thing. No, 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 no. I don't want my face sucked off my body and being made for some crazy gelatinous Cronenbergian mass uh, of tentacles and teeth. Uh, but that said, I think Alien is just superb. And like I say, it's haunted house in space. Yeah. At the very end of the film, when everything turns out to be okay for Ripley and Jonesy the Cat, um, I think the way the music changes, well, even the music, the score,
1: yeah, Jerry Goldsmith. It's awesome. great. Awesome.
0: Yeah. The way they marketed, the way they marketed this film when it first came out, the very first time it came out, and the trailers with that eerie and just the egg <whistles> and the light coming out of it—horrible, <whistles> frightening, terrifying. <laughs> so, uh, has anybody got anything else to say about the film, *Alien*? I think we pretty much covered it haven't we? in our crazed rambles. I, I, I think. We is there anything you'd like to add, SDC? I mean, I'm sure we've missed something out afterwards. So damn it.
1: <laughs> we should have put. I, I think we've put some pretty. Concise detail into this. I mean, this and shit we put into this podcast. But I think. Why, why do we even know this stuff, you know? <laughs> because we're losers, Ned. But lovable losers. And
0: more importantly, we entrapped our wives. So they have to suffer with us. Um, so, so it's. But all Joke inside, it's. It, you know, I think it's a good, strong starting point to what's to come.
2: I can't lie to you
0: about your chances, but you have my sympathies. We will be back uh, next time without the aliens uh, on our faces, uh, which will probably happen as soon as we leave this room. We'll, we'll get impregnated. Uh, and uh, we'll be back with Aliens and uh, hopefully another guest uh, host. Um, and may- may- maybe even, SDC, will you come back? Uh, maybe. Maybe if you do come back, are you going to say more? Uh,
1: no. Man, many words. <laughs> and there we have it.
0: Thank uh, you for joining us tonight, folks.
1: <laughs> bye
2: bye.